Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Cape Cod Fun Show, the show that's all about having the most fun possible in the most beautiful place on earth, Cape Cod, USA. My name is Eric Williams. Mung is here. Ethan is here. How are we doing? And we've got an action-packed show as we cruise into November, the silvery month on Cape Cod. Let's take a look at that all-important Cape Cod Islands weather forecast for Friday showers. Okay, I'm not going to lie to you. Showers on Friday, but a high near 63. For Saturday, showers and possibly a thunderstorm before noon, then showers likely. We're still going to persevere, folks, because Sunday looks sunny with a high near 52. We can have fun with that. Take a quick look at the tides for Saturday. We have an 8.20 a.m. high tide, and then roughly 9 o'clock or so on Sunday. Beautiful high tides in the morning. That means afternoon low tides. Good for exploring those low tide places all over this beautiful peninsula of ours. I think swimming is over for sure, Mung. I'm just going to check with you on this. No swimming on Mung's end. Ethan, any more swimming? That's uh, uh, too uh, <laughs> We have to give it up, but I can assure you folks, the gathered people around the radios and podcast playing devices of the world... I am still taking outdoor showers. What? It's November. I was in there this morning. It was beautiful. I took my pear soap and I sudsed up my loofah. And oh boy, did I have a party out there. It was wonderful and warm. And there's nothing like cruising into November with the outdoor shower. I have not taken an indoor shower for months. I haven't had to clean up the bathroom. No one's yelled at me about wet towels. I'm out there. I do what I want. I'm a rugged independent Cape Cod person. Nice. I just feel bad for that loofah. Oh, Oh, the things it has to see. That's really... uh, Why do you have to crack a joke about that? Do you have an indoor and an outdoor loofah? Oh, man. No, I take it in. I uh, import and export my loofah. I would advise that. Because you got to get to know your loofah. You know, how it responds. You sort of shape it to your body. And I find that curing it in the 50 degree temperatures of the outdoor shower makes it that much friendlier come December. (laughs) Oh boy! I don't know. Oh you get boy. props for sticking it out outside. I, you know, I've been watching. But it's crazy. I watch the weather forecast probably like every other outdoor shower fan on Cape Cod, and you're just looking for those nightly lows and wondering if you can test your plumbing for one more evening before you have to give it all up. That angry plumber will be back this 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 fall. I told you, Eric. Oh Jesus! <laughs> 120 bucks. I told you to turn it off. <laughs> so I will probably turn it off uh, pretty soon. Although it uh, necessitates a trip into my semi-root cellar basement and uh, there's spiders like the daddy long legs the creepiest of all spiders scuttling about and you're reaching up into some insulation which is probably glass going into your hand to turn off that knob and turn off the shower for the season I'm not going to do it unless I really have to because you know for me 
An outdoor shower is like a mini vacation. It's like a trip to somewhere I've never been before. Every single shower is wonderful and unique, a spectacular vacation. And speaking of exploration and excitement, Ethan, it turns out that you recently went to a place that both Mung and I have longed to go to for many years. Mm -hmm. We're talking about Cuddyhunk. Cuddyhunk, it's an island, it's a place... I'm not even sure what it is. Ethan, please, what happened? And and when did you go to Cuddyhunk? Well, I'm baffled that you've never been there, Eric. I know Mung over here. He's a, he, he's a homebody, but... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, off of Falmouth over there in the Elizabeth Islands. There's that 16-island chain. Oh, that's right. Cape Cod isn't just sort of our little peninsula. There's these dangly bits, sort of like a necklace going off toward New Bedford somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, you grab a boat out of New Bedford, or if you are have your own boat, you can, I guess, go out of Woods Hole. But, uh, yeah, no, it's gorgeous. It's basically a big hill. You go up to the top of the hill, and you can see the whole island. You got a couple barrier beaches. You got a, a monument to Bartholomew Gosnold, who was the... Possibly the first white guy out there. Some kind of wow. discovery guy. Now, the whole thing is, like, the Elizabeth Islands, there's a bunch of them. A lot of them are privately owned, as I understand. Yeah, I believe 14 of the 16 are in the Forbes family, or... That's amazing, having your own island to go to. We've all dreamed of that, boy. Getting away from all the riffraff out there in a lovely vacation home with fellow rich people doing the things that... Uh, Rich people do, which is, uh, what, dice? Drink port, wear <laughs> knickers? What, what else do they do? That sounds about par for the course, I I'll think. Bu- I'll buy one of those islands from them one of these days. Uh, That's Mung's mission. And you'd call it Mungland? <laughs> Mungtopia. Um, and so, Cuddyhunk is sort of part of Dukes County, which is... Technically, yeah, part of the vineyard, uh, county government-wise. And so why were you over there? What were you doing? Oh, we were working on a story. Me and Steve Heaslip, our lovely photographer, were out there working on a story about uh, com- conservation land. So, now, human beings, there are signs of human habitation on Cuddyhunk? There are several homes out on Cuddyhunk. There's actually several big homes. Um, and Cuddyhunk's actually a place where a lot of the, uh, the, big, the big head honchos of the day... Go over Cleveland. I think Taft's been out there. Oh, president, one of our favorite presidents. Presidents, uh, presidents, the big, the big presidents out there. Yeah, like the, the big tubby president. Yeah, size wise. Yeah, so they had some room to sort of like roam around, perhaps uh, sans clothing. Yeah, no, they're big fishing guys. I don't know what they were wearing, but uh, we can only imagine uh, the presidential attire on Cuddy Hook. Now it does have a year-round population. It does. I think. I mean, we're talking summer. We're getting up into the hundreds. There's a big boat population. People love to go boating out there. Oh, so the public can go to this place. Public can go. There's a ferry out of New Bedford. There is... We took a water taxi, which is pretty cool if you've never taken a water taxi. Now, now, are there stores? Uh, is there a Target out there? Do people uh, eat food on this place? Yeah, what do they do? Uh, how do they exist? Is it subsistence farming? There is, there is in-season only. There's a market, there's a corner store, a couple restaurants, a raw bar. Uh, but mostly, the, the main things out there are the two B&Bs. There's the Avalon and then the, the Cuddyhunk Fishing Club. Hmm. This is curious. Now, uh, do people speak English as we know it, or is there some kind of dialect on Cuddyhunk? Yeah, they kind of just look at you kind of funny, because they know you don't belong there. You're from <laughs> elsewhere there, fella. Get over here. Let me poke you. See what you're made out of. No, they're very lovely people. Um, there's a one-room schoolhouse. I think the last one in the state is out there. A couple kids in the in the school. Boy, they might be lonely. Yeah, they, they're... 
They also ship in like a music teacher and an art teacher uh, on the days the ferry runs in the off season. Wow, so some guy with a cello is there next to a few fishermen and off they go to Cuddy Hunk. Yeah, I've sat next to him on the ferry a couple times. He's a, he's a, he's a nice guy. Now, do they have their own currency like the Cuddy Hunkio or something like that? <laughs> well, it's it's cash only. Do not don't bring your card if you're trying to if you're trying Really? To, yeah, cards don't work out there. Man, that sounds like an exotic place. Do you think you could live there year round? How about you? You're a sophisticated man. Do you think uh you have to be really willing to live a slow-paced life. I mean, there is not a lot going on, which is kind of the point. Um Hope, hope you like reading books. <laughs> so like the opposite of Harwichport. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah you're doing, oh, you're I mean. wired in there, man. I mean, wow. also in the off season, you're talking fairies, I think, on Monday and Fridays only. Hmm. So you're there. You're there. You're there. Yeah. You better. Uh... I don't know, Mung. I mean, you and I, uh, we're sort of Manhattan types, you know, and we like to uh, run with the hoi polloi. Uh, do you think we could survive out on Cuddy Hunk? Oh, totally. We just, like, you know, go into the into the sea and, like, grab the fish with our own bare hands and rip the scales and, and, off. Isn't there some kind of uh, beauty pageant, and weren't you voted Mr. Cuddy Hunk in 1998? <laughs> Guilty as charged. The Cuddy Hunk himself is with us, Ethan. Ooh, baby. <laughs> Mr. Monk. <laughs> well, that is an exotic trip. That is that is hot content here. On the Cape Cod Show. We have Fun to get show. there. Let's, oh, let, let, let's go there in the uh, on-season and get some video. That would be a sweet ride out of New Bedford, and I love going to New Bedford, too. New Beige is one of my favorite places, and what a great outport. We can only dream, Mung, uh, to uh, follow in the footsteps of brave Ethan. Wow. On his journeys around the world. Ho, 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 ho. That brings to mind that kind of lonely feeling. That kind of you're out there by yourself feeling, that kind of Thoreau feeling, which we're all seeking, that deep internal philosophy and satisfaction that uh, sort of gave us the love of the great beaches of Cape Cod. And I'm going to throw this out there. You guys probably will poo-poo this. I want to throw out the November two-car beach walk. This is the perfect time of year. And you say to me, Eric, what's a two-car beach walk? Well, you know, sometimes... You drive to a beach, you get out, you walk down a beach, you're having a great time, you start getting tired, and you realize you have to turn around and walk back. I, I rarely can make the walk back. And you got to retrace your steps. Usually it's into the wind or something, and you're saying, oh, if only there was a way to avoid this horrible return trip, and that's where the two-car beach walk comes in. Now, one of my favorites is to park at Newcomb Hollow and Wellfleet. That's one car. You stage a car at Long Nook Beach in Truro. Now you got like a four-mile beach walk, but it's only in one direction. I would advise going when the wind is from the west, because then the backing dunes of the beach block that wind. And if you pick the right 50-degree November day, you'll be tempted to dip your tootsies into the mighty ocean and beyond that. In this sort of churning time of year when storms come and go and things happen, you might find some treasure, a shipwreck, some other civilization, uh, UFOs, anything can be on the big beach, and you don't have to turn around and see the same thing twice. So indeed, I put before you gentlemen the two-car beach walk, and I will accept no criticism on that. Thank you. Well, not in. Not in at all. What? Two cars, first of all, you're talking too much coordination for this kind of stuff. Well, you have friends with cars, and you're all like, let's get in cars. Man, I don't know. That's that's a lot. Of, for, you need two people yeah. to drive to Wellfleet. And what if what if you uh, don't make the high salary of like a podcast host like yourself, and you don't own two cars, or only have like half a car like Mung? Well, what about having a friend with half a car? Then you have one and a half cars-ish, <laughs> sort of. 
My new car math. Uh, the, this Be- F word is screwing us up. Beach walks. Friends. Beach walks are supposed to be spontaneous. You just, you're there. You just kind of <laughs> go out. None of this planning, coordinating thing. But why do you want to see the same thing twice? If you got two cars, you can be like Thoreau just jetting along in one beautiful direction. Oh, that's a new thing. That's a new thing. I'm so satisfied with new things, and I might have friends. Well, it sounds like you've done this walk more than once. So I you've have, seen yeah. it, So you've seen it more than once. No, it changes, though. That's the thing. Incredibly, some lovely uh, Mother Nature set dresser comes in every evening and rearranges everything on the beach, and it's all brand new. It could be brand new on your way back. You wouldn't know. Uh, <laughs> I suppose you're looking in a different direction, but I highly recommend the two-car beach walk, especially on the big beaches of the Outer Cape. Well, you could go park at Head of the Meadow. You could walk all the way to Provincetown. Mm. It would be incredible. You get picked up at Race Point, have a car right there. Can't you do it? I think you can do it. The two-car beach walk. It seems to have been uh, up against a speed bump of having friends in cars, which uh, none of us do. But people out there in podcast land... Yes, yes. Other people have friends. You know, it's like they have a pinata full of friends. They hit it with a stick, their friends fall out, and they're driving a Jeep. It's it's fantastic. Yeah. We're Subaru fellas. All right, then let's get to more natural pleasures, I suppose, uh, that are easier to access. And the other day... I drove down to uh, Gray's Beach and the uh, Basel Boardwalk in Yarmouthport, and you'd think, oh, of course, he walked out on the boardwalk, but no. I went to the playground, there's a playground right there, and behind the playground, there's a little trail that leads to this awesome wooden bridge over a marsh, and I hadn't been there in a couple of years, and you know that that autumn sun as the marsh grass sort of turns that yellowy, greeny, goldy, almost reddy sometimes. And then the water came in and reflected the sky. I could see clouds in the marsh and the water all around me. And I thought, wow, it's not just about foliage on Cape Cod this time of year. It's about marshiage. It's Hmm. about that feeling of being in a marsh and seeing the gentle different colors and the beautiful water coming and going. I thought maybe we'd talk a little bit about some of our favorite marshes. We can all work. We don't need friends for marshes. I'm happy to get my marsh on. So I would have to recommend that. Not only do you have that beautiful uh, marsh behind the Gray's Beach boardwalk and playground area, there's a set of trails to the left there. I guess that would be to the south. Uh, That's uh, the Center Street Marsh, which is a a trail that takes you out and over an incredible marsh vista. And so both directions at Gray's Beach and Yarmouthport lead to marsh satisfaction. What about you, fellas? You love marshes, don't you? Among marsh madness? Oh, the number one in my marsh madness uh, bracket here is the marsh that surrounds the Marshside Restaurant in Dennis, one of my favorite restaurants. You don't think that's named somehow in connection with its proximity to a marsh, do you? Total coincidence, I think. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, uh, so Mung just wants to be out here just eating and watching a marsh. Yes, yes. Uh, you don't have to actually do anything. <laughs> From, like, it, indoors. All right, so here's where this marsh is. This is on Bridge Street in Dennis, and this is the marsh that is... Uh, 
is around Sasuit Creek, and you don't even really need to walk because they have this really cool bench right at the right at, right on Bridge Street where you can just kind of sit there and look at the marsh. I've seen people doing plein air painting out there, just kind of uh, soaking in the marsh and not really having to move. And then once you're done with that, you can go over to the Marshside Restaurant. They have some really. I'm a huge fan of classic New England comfort food. They have all the goods from pot pies to beef stew. I mean, tons of great seafood, but you know, Marsh is not a, a big fan of things from the sea, so I really gravitate to the uh, the stick-to-your-ribs type stuff, so that's why the Marsh side is one of my favorites. It is a uh, delicious, so delicious restaurant. So, Marsh Views, Marsh Side... I just don't know if you'd want marsh food. I don't know what that would be like. Food from the marsh like would be little the, crustaceans. Yeah, those little crabs you'd just be eating yeah, them, like crayfish if, or I don't something know if like you in Louisiana. Just forage, forage for your own food in the marsh. Now that's the same marsh you can see while you're standing in line at Grumpy's, right? That's right. That's right. Same marsh. You know, guys. I mean, there's more than uh, being uh, indoors and looking at a marsh. Aren't there any like big natural marshes where you could maybe stretch your legs? I guess probably not on Cape Cod. Nauset Marsh, baby. That's where you gotta be. Oh, man. Now, he's he's making a point here, Mung, because Nauset Marsh is a playground approachable in many ways. Yeah, that's the antithesis of the Mung's Marsh over there. That's the, uh... <laughs> It's the, that's like the total activity marsh. You can go there's they do kayak tours out there. You can paddleboard. You're out Fort Hill just wandering around. Yeah, there's a couple different trails. There's actually the Nosset Marsh Trail, I believe, right behind the Salt Pond Visitor Center in East Ham, the Cape Cod National Seashore big Pizza Hut building where they show movies and helpful rangers give you tips on things. And right in the back of that, uh, behind their amphitheater, you can just head right out into the marsh. And that is, for, for like a mile trail or whatever it is, it's a big, big bang of a return on marsh views. But that's not the only place, because you got Fort Hill, right? It's, you can go from the other side, Fort Hill and East Ham, which is an incredible vista overlooking the whole thing. And then the trail there takes you back over toward the marsh. Uh, toward Hemingway Landing and the Sharpening Stone, the Native American Sharpening Stone, which is a really cool rock with, like, knife cuts from age-old sharpening activities. I mean, didn't you sharpen your hookah on that thing one there, Mung? <laughs> well, I'm hoping it could sharpen my mind. I've been feeling a little dull recently. Well, maybe you're inside at the marsh side too much at your special <laughs> table drinking cognac and looking at the marsh. And even for Mung, then you could go to the Peniman House, right? Right Ooh. over there? Oh, that's, a, that's an overlooked gem. That's a beautiful thing. Do they still have the whalebones there? I think they got I taken got down. down. Yeah, yeah. I, think they got, I think they rotted out and were oh. becoming a hazard. Interesting. So I don't know if you'll get some new ones. That's That's too bad. Let's see, marshes, marshes. Now, Ethan, you were mentioning Lieutenant Island, which I thought was an interesting one. That's Lieutenant Island Wellfleet, and that is a big, crazy vista with a bridge that is tide-affected, and sometimes people can't get on and off the island. Yeah, you have to time that one right. Um, I've been to a house, actually, on the mainland side of Lieutenant Island, and I think that's the way to go. You live there, you can look right across, you get all the nice views, but you don't have to worry about tide you can come and go as you please yeah i've seen like vehicles atop the bridge stuck waiting uh, for the tide <laughs> to recede and you're like whoops we had a picture in the paper a couple of years ago i think it was some kind of like telephone repair vehicle and the guy had tried to make it it didn't work and he was stuck up there for a couple hours but once you get out there lieutenant island and wellfleet south wellfleet is a uh, it's a wild land out there i mean big tides like bay of fundy tides there is a trail that goes around out there and some parking right when you get over the bridge and drive across the causeway. And that is a primal and sometimes very muddy spot, but a nice marsh indeed. 
Now, of course, the sandwich, sandwich boardwalk is super marsh. Now, Mung, that's right up your alley. Oh, I love the sandwich boardwalk. I was just there maybe three or four weeks ago. It was packed. It was my first time being on it since the repairs after the winter uh, winter storms took a whack at it. And, uh, yeah, beautiful marsh views. It was low tide. Great for getting uh, some photos, testing out my new iPhone photos. Oh, brother. My new iPhone camera was awesome. Here we go with the iPhone. Mm-hmm. Every show since you get your iPhone has had a partial uh, segment on your new iPhone. How's it going with that iPhone, Mom? I'm holding it right now. Oh, I, I, brother. Think I think he's getting sponsored over here. <laughs> oh, man. He loves it. Love Mung, it. Mung, the Mung phone is huge. It's huge. The good thing about Sandwich Boardwalk, too, is you're easily accessing uh, yummy food mm. and fun in downtown Sandwich. Now, Ethan, you had raised the issue of the Boundbrook Island Marsh World up in Wellfleet. Now, that's an exotic locale. Oh, boy, that's one of my favorite places on Cape. You go out there, and you don't see anyone. You There's, what, two, three parking spots, tops? Mm. Yeah. And uh, You're talking about driving out to the end there of Bumbrook Island and parking at that secret beach there? Yeah, exactly. Not so secret anymore, fellas. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, I mean, once you get out of your car there, you kind of feel like you're... In 1840 or something. Oh, yeah, big time. And it's got a beautiful sort of beach. You got a bay beach there and a ton of marsh surrounding. You can also kind of get a look at what it's all about if you go to uh, Duck Harbor Beach in Wellfleet, which is maybe a little easier to get to. And as you look back across, you can walk up the beach to the north on Duck Harbor and access Boundbrook Island. And I've had some of my most beautiful days out there. I remember one day I walked through the marshy area, got out to the beach, and I found this huge collection of giant sea clam shells. You know those big white ones? People used to use them as ashtrays. Oh, yeah. Now we paint them with mm-hmm. Christmas scenes and stuff like that. They're kind of hard to find. And I felt like I had discovered this huge treasure, and I was stuffing them in my pants. And then you go to walk, and they're going clack, 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 clack. Then one would break. But I got home with about seven beautiful giant sea clam shells. I washed them. And then we painted little cape scenes on them and gave them out to people for Christmas. Ah, isn't that nice? Come on, all right, a little cape love right there. How wholesome. Let me recommend, too, in that same area, if you're looking for an unusual Christmas ornament to give to somebody, get yourself some oyster shells. Make sure they're clean. You don't want, like, a residual goo in there. (laughs) You don't want the uh, sort of gift that stinks. Unopened. But if you take an oyster shell, it's actually, the inside of it is the perfect shape of a Santa. It's got the narrow part for the hat, and the wide part at the bottom is the beard. And so you you paint a Santa with some acrylic paint on there, carefully drill a hole in the shell or just tap it with a nail. You give it to someone from off Cape, like in Illinois, it's a super treasure. And it didn't cost you really anything. (laughs) (laughs) Little do they know. Little do they know. That's right. You might have bought it for $4,000 from just oyster ornaments online, but you didn't. You made it yourself. So that's some of the marsh stuff. There's something so subtle and beautiful about the marsh. It makes me turn away a little bit from the foliage, which we must say has been outstanding this year and remains outstanding on the Cape, while the rest of New England is now turning toward the fireside and winter with bare branches scratching on their window panes. We still live in full flush, beautiful color of foliage. And I would say celebrate now before the next big windstorm really takes these leaves down. I was driving uh, on Old County Road from Wellfleet to Truro. Truly beautiful. Truly beautiful and lovely. Tonsett Road in Orleans is looking good. Uh, East Orleans, that is. That whole area out there, that peninsula, is so lovely. My favorite foliage drive right now is just 6A 
through the entire town of Yarmouth. Six uh, Ang with Mung. Six Ang with Mung, but just Yarmouth right now. Isn't that going to be up. a spin-off podcast, Six Ang with Mung, as you make your way up and down 6A and antique? Hopefully it goes viral. I a guess. lot of things have gone viral with Mung. Oh, look at this antique potholder I got here in Yarmouth on the side of the road on 6A. Lots of grand uh, grand homes down there with, like, nice, you know, the stone walls with beautiful foliage trees. I saw one of the most red trees I've ever seen there just a couple days ago, so I would recommend that. Now, I uh, also went up to Scargo Tower the other day, and that was a monster view in Dennis there. Uh, Scargo Tower in Dennis gives you maybe the biggest look at the most trees, you get Scargo Lake, so you get the water reflections, and then, of course, magnificent Cape Cod Bay, getting it done. I would also toss out the Lowell Holly Reservation, and, well, it's Mashpee Sandwich Town Line. It is an Audubon Sanctuary. I believe I have that right. And if you walk out to the end, there's this little neck. I can't remember the name of it at the end of the trail. All along the way, there's pond views and beautiful trees. But that particular neck at the end where you walk through the series of lovely trees and you're surrounded by two big ponds, exquisite foliage. That is a great walk. Uh, That's down in Mashpee and Sandwich. So I guess what we're trying to say is savor the foliage. We're the Florida of New England. Get outside of the marsh side. <laughs> you got to get outside, Mung. Oh, totally, man. All right, all right. But I'm getting kind of hungry. All this talk has brought up a very strange topic that we were bandying about earlier. And I hate to bring it up because maybe we don't have an answer to this. And maybe we don't have a satisfactory, fun sort of thing to say. But what's the deal with diners on the Cape, fellas? There is no deal, pretty much, right? So, this, this really upsets me. Now, this is something I know that's near and dear to your heart, Mung, and you're, you're going to issue a call out here. Yes, yes, I'm, I'm challenging uh, investors and the people in the business community to come up with more diners. I feel like every <laughs> town on the Cape, all 15, should have a diner because I haven't really gone out many uh, places recently for some good food because I've been consumed with the Red Sox. We're spending like 20 to 30 hours watching Red Sox games, so I haven't been out. But I am going down today for a project to, Ma- to Falmouth, and I definitely want to go to my favorite diner on the Cape, which is Betsy's Diner. Uh, their motto is Eat Heavy. Now, is that is that the only diner with a diner in its name on Cape Cod? No, there's the Route 28 no, diner, the Route 28 right? di- right. diner in uh, Yarmouth is very good, and they have really good prices there at that diner. You can get a, a full meal, no joke, for under $6. So that's beautiful breakfast. Mm-hmm. What is the definition of a diner, by the way? Does it have to be an old railroad car? Does it have to have diner in the name? What is sort of the playing field here? Mm, I think it's usually that kind of... You can order any menu on the item all day long, and it kind of spans like every kind of food, right? Now, does a diner mean open early, like wicked early? Yeah, it definitely has to be open wicked early. A real diner should never close. That's true. Wow, we don't have any of that. But unfortunately, the the diners on the Cape or diner-like places on the Cape tend to close like around 2 or 3. Yeah. So if you want breakfast I mean, at like 5, 8, 9 o'clock at night, you're going to have trouble on this peninsula. I mean, well, even Boston only has, I think, two that are open late. Why is this? We need more diners. I think it's just Massachusetts going well, to bed. All right, so you're oh. on Cape Cod and you get up early, which some people do, uh, you know, or you stay up all night. Uh, if it's 3 in the morning, 4 in the morning, is there any place on Cape Cod that you can get breakfast? There's Leo's in Buzzards Bay, I believe. It's open midnight to 3 or something on but for only a couple days? Fridays and Saturdays, I think. And then they open at 5.30 again. Well, that's pretty good. 5.30 yeah, is not so bad. So it's only closed for a couple hours. 
Um, but yeah, we, we embrace that. You know, so there's a dearth of diners is what our sort of reportage is indicating here. There's a dearth of diners, but there are some breakfast places that kind of resemble diners uh, that have the classic, you know, um, round chairs, stool chairs. And just like at the Sunnyside Restaurant on Main Street in Hyannis, you know, they have like homemade cakes and pies under those glass domes, like that classic vibe, you know, uh, chalkboard uh, specials, stuff like that. A lot of those places like Piccadilly Deli in uh, in South Yarmouth. Uh, so we got some diner-like places. Diner-esque, I guess, is about as close as we can come here. And this is something we need to hammer home as we move forward on the fun show to try to get a groundswell of support uh, to get some more diners going. And perhaps we could all yeah. invest. Is anyone with me? <laughs> are we going to buy a second car or are we going to buy a diner? Right. Well, are we going to buy some friends? Well, here's what I'm disappointed about. Listen to this. Ready? We, I hear there's some sort of election coming up, like midterms. I don't really know what it is, but like none of the candidates. What do you mean are, you're a reporter? Are, none of the candidates are running on any diner like Yeah, there's platform. not a single diner like, pro diner <laughs> candidate. Literally, if like one of the, the local reps were like, I am pushing a diner in every town, they've got my vote. Wow. So it doesn't matter which party? Because that's the diner party, baby. The party would be in my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> Well, all candidates, you have a week left. All to, uh, night long. Come party. up with your diner plans and your uh, your your ways of moving forward into Mung stomach, and we're all looking forward to that. Uh, we we might as well segue into the donut thing because that is sort of an adjunct topic to diners, and also one of the ways you can get food early on Cape Cod. I will say that living on the Outer Cape, the hole in one. Uh, in East Ham and also in Orleans, that's a place at 5 a.m. you can get a hot donut. And one of the greatest days of my life was when I had to drop off my daughter for her field trip to Washington at like 4.30 in the morning for their big, huge bus trip. Bye. Oh, honey. And then on the way back, I pulled into East Ham, into the hole-in-one there, and I waited in the parking lot. It was like 4.52. And I was listening to horrible overnight sports radio, watching each minute tick by. And then at, at, at 4.58, I got out of my car and I beat the guy next to me to the door. Click, it opens. I was number one in line. I got the first donut of the day, a cinnamon donut at the hole-in-one in East Ham. And, I, and it was like having a trophy. It was warm and sugary and cinnamony and sweet. And I turned to the guy behind me and said, look at this. You don't have this yet, do you? And did he, said, did he well, punch you out? <laughs> Yeah, well, and, then, yeah, and then I woke up on the floor. He's like, I got one now, and he's holding one over me. No, it was just beautiful, and those are delicious donuts. That's my favorite donut place on Cape Cod. Hole-in-one overrated, I think. What? what? I don't even th- I think they're okay. Jeez, Ethan. All right, what do you got to bring to well, the are plate? You, are you a cake or a yeast donut guy? A cake donut is the big donut, right? The, they're, uh, they're the heavy ones. Yeah, that's what I like. I what, want a donut to be a donut, man. What's the other donut variety? Yeast. Like the Krispy Kreme sort yeah, of donut? They're, yeast. Well, they're more fluffy. The fluffy they're, donut? They're, lighter. they're kind of oh. like you pull them apart and they kind of No, tear. I like a donut that's like, man, I got substance. I'm like a kayak. I'm, I'm serious. Yeah, yeah me too. I agree. There's the there's the one in Dennis right next to DPM. I think it's the what is it, Dennis? Oh yeah, but they're only open like sort of in the summertime yeah, and maybe on the weekends. They're closed now, now I think. Yeah, I, that I is, those are good donuts though. Those are similar sort of substantial donuts. They got the honey dips. I'm in, oh. I'm in on honey dips. Oh, cinnamon donuts the way to go. I've never been a big donut person, but I've been getting into them recently after visits to two donut places on the Cape within the last couple months that have been really awesome, uh, including the Donut Experiment in Provincetown. 
What? The donut experiment? That sounds like a laboratory. <laughs> well, they're experimenting with different oh, flavors. Oh, oh. Is this legal? <laughs> Which makes it really cool. What are cause... they doing to these donuts? Are they <laughs> dropping shampoo in their eyes? <laughs> This isn't good. They're testing them? Tested on animals. I don't know. There's like a movement in donuts these days. Like, they call it craft donuts. You see it on, like, the food channel where they're interesting flavors, like anchovies and truffle butter. And I'm like, what? I don't like I any don't of that crap. Uh, but, the, but, the, <laughs> but, the, but the good thing is that the donut experiment has a lot of great flavors, like maple. I think they had some sort of, like, maple bacon flavor maple when bacon I was up there. Maple bacon is delicious. And I was that, that man, salty and sweet. Top notch. I love the donut up there. Um... The Donut Experiment, Provincetown, right downtown, easily accessible. That's on Commercial Street. Have you guys been there? I have passed it by a million times. I try to avoid donuts on most days because I find there have been times in my life when I have fallen into the giant donut hammock and stayed there for days and days. (laughs) And indeed, I remember at one point, I would commute by the hole-in-one in in East Ham. I'd go in, I'd get my cinnamon donut, and I'd get a toasted everything bagel, no butter, in the same bag... Out I would go, and I would sweet and savory my way to Hyannis. But that's going to be like 1,500 calories in a bag. <laughs> you do that every day, like five days a week. And it's easy, because anyone can eat like multiple donuts a day. I mean, mm-hmm. they go down easy. Well, I don't know. How many donuts can you really eat at one time? Hmm. About four? Five? I saw a guy eat eight, and he was hurting. I mean, if you're talking like those big ones with the anchovies. <laughs> Maybe I not, love those. That's not true. Anchovy donuts? I saw something similar to that in like uh, a show about like donuts in New York City. And that's I was a like, real this is gross. yin and yang of donuts because they're such a traditional food and so set in their ways that it seems strange to take them to sort of new levels of peanut butter donuts and, and something caviar donuts. The un- underground bakery in Dennis also does big sweet ones like covered in Oreos, cream Ooh. filled. They're doing big sweet ones over there. I Love prefer that. just a simple donut. You, li- you like you know? traditional? Then you might want to go to the little sandwich shop on Main Street in Hyannis. I had no idea that they made their own donuts. They have one called like the Old Fashioned Donut. It's thick, it's delightful, they cover it in chocolate and it just melted in your mouth and it wasn't that expensive and I was like, why aren't I going here frequently for this donut? I think really when it comes down to it, uh, my donut love stems from the diminutive but delightful cider donut. Ooh, top-notch oh. cider donuts. You yeah. know, That's you go the best to a place the fall. and they're turning out the little ones. Usually it's a cinnamon sugar experience, which is my sweet spot for donuts. And it's that little hot fried cake in some kind of cidery environment. To me... This is the time for that, mm-hmm. and that's how I fell in love with donuts. If, yeah. If you want little donuts, um, Sunbird in Orleans, they do big ones. They have like a, a Mexican chocolate donut that is delicious. But they, Like a mole sauce or something yeah, like that? Yeah, it's kind of like the Whoa. cinnamon spicy yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah. But they also make little ones too, so you can you can get your pick there. Of, uh, you, I think what they do is they get you they get, get you to buy a little one, and then you're like, well, I, got a, I want another one, so they get a big one. I love it. A big donut and a little donut. Just moving along like of mice and men, really, of yeah. donuts. That's right. Nice, Lenny, nice. can I pat the puppy? <laughs> That's great. I haven't found many cider donuts that you spoke of earlier on the Cape. However, there is one place that you wouldn't think of that sells really good cider donuts, and I think they make it there because I've seen them, you know, put it in the cinnamon and sugar. Um, this is Whole Foods in Hyannis. No way. Yes, yes. Making a, their own a, donuts? Na- a national chain, yeah. Um, so, yeah, they got good cider donuts. I think it was maybe like less than $5. You can get like a little pack of six. Not the huge ones. Right, right. The little like, sort of sample delicious. Eat them up at home. It was oh, delicious. Oh, boy. All right. Now I'm. Now you're talking, guys. Mm-hmm. Now you're talking. Diners, I don't know. I always feel like I'm, I'm not really like mm-hmm. sort of like, I don't know, 
strong enough to be a diner person. I don't have that strength of character to hold my stool down the way I, I should be able to and say things like, we got a nor'easter coming, huh, Norma? And, you know, I just can't really carry that through to hold my stool. But a donut, I can walk in and make a little small talk and say, give me a cinnamon sugar. And then berate the person behind you. What's the matter with you? I'm first in line here, buddy. Look at my donut. Whack. All right. Well, we need to just get away from food. It's, it's too much. And what we need to do is look at something fun that's coming up in November. And you guys are cult movie musical fans. I know you are. And starting this Friday, that is November, I don't know, 2nd? What is it uh, this Friday? Payday. It's uh, this Friday. It's November 2nd. November 2nd. We're starting a cult musical series at the Wellfleet Harbor Actors Theater in Wellfleet. What? And every Friday at 7 o'clock, starting this week for the next, I don't know, five weeks or something like that, we have a lineup of cult musical movies this Friday, 7 o'clock, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Now that is I'm a there. that is a seminal super Transylvania, let's do the time warp kind of movie that has played around the world for years and years at many movie theaters. People dress up. They throw stuff? They throw things. I love it. What's it all about, Mom? I've seen the Rocky Horror Picture Show like 50 times the movie. I've seen multiple uh, theater versions of it. I love it. It's zany. It's it's sexual. It's crazy. I have never I'm, seen I'm it. I'm out. You've never seen I've it? I've never seen oh it. Oh, my God. This is classic. So I don't, that, so, I don't want things thrown at me. Yeah, how, how many mung arousal points does it get? <laughs> what, what am I? What I don't want I, those points. Alex Cora? The... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what happens? What are they, what, what it, are... It, it involves all sorts of dancing and crazy things like the time warp. So that's $12 for this cult musical film series starting this Friday, November 2nd with the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I'll lay some of the other titles on you guys and maybe these are movies that you love. Uh, We've got November 9th, 1980's Xanadu. Anyone does anyone remember Xanadu? It stars Olivia Newton-John as someone who's she's an inspired roller boogie artist. With Gene Kelly and music by the Electric Light Orchestra. I've never seen. I'm that. a big ELO fan, but I've never, mm-hmm. se- I've never seen it. So that could be good, right? Wow. I have no, I have no idea that that movie is even in existence. Uh, Cliff Richard is in it. He's some British pop guy in the Tubes, which is some kind of music group, I believe. Okay, November sixteenth. It's Little Shop of Horrors. Oh my God, that's one of my favorite musicals of all time. Didn't you just watch? this I just one? watched this on Halloween. A perfect Halloween movie. It's not that scary, but it does have a little. Uh, creepy element because you know this is a man-eating gigantic plant kind of like a venus flytrap that is like an alien and it does it, it eat people whole how does it eat the people it needs blood to survive so it coaxes this little uh you know shopkeeper assistant into killing people to start feeding it and then it gets too big and oh man the classic 80s 1986 movie was awesome it had john candy in it bill murray rick moranis great songs it has translated well to uh to local theaters because you know there's not a lot of characters the songs are pretty simple easy to do so it's a really good show all right well it sounds like this could be a good series are here. you saying the what theater couldn't handle uh a... oh the what theater is top notch they can do whatever they want then. well so it's 12 bucks so that's not too bad that's what movies cost sort of anyway right uh, wow is that, yeah. too, is that too much no that's a good time that's a good price For two hours 12 bucks two hours all right of entertainment. so uh, i think i will be there at the rocky horror picture show on friday and i probably go to a couple of the other ones November 23rd, it's Hairspray, and followed up at the end of the month with uh, Baby Driver. 
Oh, Baby Driver is a great movie. That's coming up November 30th at the What Theater as their cult musical film series rolls out. Looks like we could go there. We could make some friends, guys. Friends to take on a two-car beach walk. <laughs> uh, we'll do our best, but no promises. All right. Well, we have covered an incredible amount of territory here on the Cape Cod Fun Show. My name is Eric Williams. Thank you, Mung, for being here. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Ethan. Thanks for having me. We also want to thank Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for all the lovely music you hear on the Cape Cod Fun Show. Till next time. Till next week. See ya. Feed me Seymour. <laughs> <laughs>Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.